You're listening to the Auxiliary Gate Podcast, Kentucky's weekly horse racing discussion. And now, here are your hosts, Alan Schneider, Brandon Jaggers, and me, C.C. Broadus. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to episode 45 of the Auxiliary Gate Podcast. And we're joined, as always, Alan Schneider. Yes, hello everyone. Uh, I'm glad the weather's nice because i uh, got something to do this March since uh, my Kentucky Wildcats will not be in the NCAA tournament, so I'm glad at least I can get outside and play a little bit. And beautiful Brandon Jaggers. Are you there, sir? That's right. I, I got my hair cut. I'm looking, I'm looking springtime ready. And <laughs> I, everyone's telling me in basketball to pick Illinois, so... There's that. I couldn't tell you anything about NCAA basketball. Brandon, you're a big bull and you're sitting in your pasture. <laughs> and we're glad you're here. And let's talk about the, the the previous weekend. Big Derby prep at Oakland, won by concert tour for Bob Baffert. Wire to wire, turning away a, an early challenge from Caddo uh, River and really didn't give anybody else any chance. Uh, Alan, uh, your thoughts on the Derby chances of concert tour? Uh, I'm probably in the same boat as a lot of people. It looks right now like a four-horse race with the addition of Concert Tour, in addition to Life is Good, Essential Quality, and uh, Greatest Honor. Uh, a lot of talk this week about did Florent Giroux on Cattle River take back too much. I didn't see it being that big a deal. I thought Cattle River was just – he was going to get the lead. I don't know what Florent Giroux really could have done. The best horse won. It got a little rough down the stretch for a few couple of horses, but uh, – I thought, I thought some of the criticism of Florent Drew was, was a little much. I probably would have done the same thing. But, yeah, we now have a fourth A horse in the uh, Kentucky Derby picture. Not to say that the other ones don't have a shot, but Concert Tour looked fairly legitimate in, in that effort. I agree with you, Alan. They, uh, Concert Tour, whew, three for three. Uh, Cato River, you know, that's I would say it's Cox's B horse. Yeah. The run. You know, I, I don't think I'd, I'd fault Flo at all. I think he had to do what he had to do. But uh, Baffert's got a real live one, man. And, it's, uh, and of course, it's, it's owned by Gary and Mary West. Mm-hmm. I really thought out of that race, though, I did like uh, uh, Big Lake. So, next time out, I'm watching for Big Lake. Yeah, our uh, we have Gary Palmasano on the show later to talk about Louisiana Derby, and he uh, he was high on Big Lakes uh, a few months ago, so I'm sure he feels validated by this horse's performance. This horse very well make, may make the Kentucky Derby. Also on the on the weekend, uh, uh, she dares the devil won the Azari Stakes at Oakland on Saturday, and then later that day, Swiss Skydiver, who also won the Preakness Stakes last year, was an easy winner of the Beholder Mile. So. Uh, we've got those two fillies. Look like they're they're back in in great form, and uh, hopefully they'll meet somewhere down the line. Uh, but uh, we've got two guests tonight, and one of them is uh, is a friend of the show, and she's already in New Orleans. And the the second one is on his way to New Orleans. So uh, we'll have uh, we'll have them on here in a minute. And uh, Alan's going to introduce our first guest tonight. Well, we've got another treat for you guys tonight. Uh, The Auxiliary Gate Podcast BFF is back, calling from New Orleans, Louisiana. Of course, I'm talking about your favorite trainer and mine, 
Michelle Lovell down there in Cajun country. Michelle, how are you doing today? I'm great. How are you guys? Oh, and now that you're back with us, we're great. Uh, say hi to CC and Brandon here real quick. Yeah, hi guys. Yeah, Can't wait love to. You. Yeah, I love you guys too. Can't wait to see y'all. Yeah, it's 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 sneaking up on us. That's for sure. It went well, by fast. Yeah, it really has. It really has. Uh, as we stated earlier, it's Louisiana Derby Day down at uh, New Orleans this weekend, so we want to discuss it. And uh, there's no better person to discuss the goings on at New Orleans and her successes down there than Michelle. So. Uh, I guess uh, the first question is, Michelle, have you enjoyed your winter down in New Orleans? Well, we've all been freezing and putting up with it down here. How's things been going for you down in Cajun country? Yeah, it's been, it's been, a, I mean, it's, it was really cold when it was cold everywhere, but it's not, it wasn't as cold here. So yes, uh, we, you know, very, very fortunate to be in a good wintering spot. So um, it's quiet this year, you know, not a lot of stuff going on, no parading and, and the, you know, normal, uh, Mardi Gras stuff, uh, the activities and um, tourists and stuff. So it's been kind of quiet, but, you know, I, I, I don't mind that at all. Um, and the meat's been really good. Yeah, your numbers your numbers would back that up, ma'am. Your numbers would back that up. Oh, uh, except I mean, for the wins. It took us forever to win a race. Uh, but then they came was, in droves. Yeah, well, and we just a lot of seconds. Like we caught, we we counted a lot of seconds. We were like, "Yay, we saved a condition!" <laughs> Boom. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, that's one of the reasons I'm, I'm always uh, touting your horses because you always run well. You your horse yeah. always run well, and uh, you're this you're the exact trifecta superfecta queen, and then you get <laughs> you get those wins on top too. So I'm gonna go over your stats here real quick uh, for the folks that don't know. At the fairgrounds meet, you started 38 horses, right, so far. Mm-hmm. You may not even know this. I don't know. Uh, you did have four winners, but all those came in the last two weeks or so, if I'm not mistaken. Right, yeah. 11 seconds and four thirds. So that by my count, that's you've hit the board half the time down there. Right. And uh, that's true Michelle Lavelle fashion, quite frankly. <laughs> Your horses always fire, and they consistently hit the exotics if they don't win. One of those winners, actually, you had running on Saturday on Louisiana Derby Day. It's a, a horse named Sail on Ellen. It's yes. a former turf sprinter, turf sprinter that you made into a turf router, and that turned into a maiden win at a mile and an eighth, if I'm not mistaken. Is that um, right? Mile and the sixteenth. Mile and sixteenth. Yeah. Going a mile and eighth this, this right. Saturday, right? Yeah. So what what prompted that move to turn the sprinter into a two turn horse, and how do you think she fits at nine furlongs going against uh, winning fillies? Well, I mean, it's definitely a a, a step up and. Uh, you know, she has been a really consistent filly sprinting and going long, and she even ran decent on the dirt uh, sprinting. But um, the reason why I sprinted her for she's bred to go long um, mm-hmm. on her dam side too. You know, it's a long turf, but she is a really headstrong uh, filly that you have to. She's she, she's pretty particular to ride as far as you want to take a hold of her, and she doesn't like it. So. Um, but going long, she's learned to kind of settle in, and she did run uh, really well for Colby. Um, her first time stretching out, it was a mile and eight, which I really fretted over that, and she ran second that day. It looked like she was going to win it. So, um, But stepping into a, a winner's race, obviously there's some really nice uh, proven fillies in there. So I'm just hoping that she, you know, uh, does well. I mean, she's a nice filly. And um, she's earned she's earned her 
she's earned a lot of money being a maiden. <laughs> she's been on the board most of the time. Yes, she has. You know I'm going to ask you about this one. Uh, you unleashed a debuting three-year-old filly by Macho Uno named mm-hmm. Core. Am I am I pronouncing it C O E U R? Yeah, it's right? it's if if you're French, it, it's uh, oh, means it core core. <laughs> but I say core. Um, but uh, yeah, it means heart in French. Anyway, she's a lovely filly, and she well, did. She she ran huge. She was forty-eight to one, folks. And full disclosure, I bet the horse. So of course I'm going to ask Michelle about it. <laughs> But I want to I want to make clear that in that race, uh, she beat Steve Asmussen, Brett Calhoun, Mike Stidham, Tom Amos. I'm forgetting a few. And again, that horse went up at 48 to one. Um, tell me more about this about this uh, filly, right? Tell me more about this one. Yeah, she's a uh, she's a, a lovely filly that um, that well the people that raise raised all my horses uh, with my partner Griffon Farms. Um, that's uh, TC Stable, they run under that name, but it's Gunston Hall. So she's a fool to the stake horse. Um, he's not alive anymore, but that Bobby Abu Dhabi. So she's oh, yeah. Got, yeah. So she, I was really excited about getting her. And um, so anyway, I think she's going to like turf too. And that, that original race was a turf race that came off. And in the mornings, she's always been pretty quick away from the gates. And I thought that that's what she would do. <laughs> she, so the way she won the race was super impressive because I, I never saw her coming from behind. And she ran so game. And uh, she's in on Friday. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. I'll have to make, I will have to make no that. Am I going to get 48 to 1 under this time? Probably not, am I? Well, it's a pretty tough race. So she's, uh, Bernie Flint's got his Philly Fork. Which, oh yeah, uh, is really a nice, nice horse. Yeah, and there's some really um, credible horses in the race. So, um, but I expect her to run good. I, I hope for a, a better break, and um, obviously we don't want to butt heads with anybody. <laughs> but uh, you know, hopefully we can uh, show up and she'll run good for us there. Okay. Well, you know, of course. Now we've touched on Core. Now there's a horse that you know we're going to bring up. You know we're going to bring up. And if you listen to this podcast, we talk about this horse all the time. And this horse, named Just Might, won the Colonel Power for the second straight year. Am I right? Second yes. straight year, won in the Colonel Power. Yes. And that yes. race, that race got uh, washed off under the dirt. And I'm sure you know this, Michelle, but that horse almost set the track record on dirt. Did you know it that? was? It was so crazy. I mean, it was so crazy, and he did it not easy. I think, easy. yeah, I, I think uh, Colby might have reached back and was gonna tap him. And, and just threw crosses instead and uh, and then was just easing up on the end of it. So, yeah, we were so close to a track record. And, one tenth, um, one tenth of a second. One tenth. 102 and, 102 and a little 175, yeah. Yeah, yep, yeah. That was pretty exciting. He he ran so well that day, so everybody's asking me the question, you know, are you going to try him on dirt? And uh, and I think when the, when the time comes and we're, we're – we're forced to do that. No other um, places to run them or, you know, we, we will, but um, he's pretty good at doing the turf. And then if it rains off, we're, we're great there, you know, obviously. You're, so. you're fine doing rain dances if this one gets yeah. do, do you think six furlongs on, on dog would be okay? I wouldn't say that early on, but he's, he's such a um, strong animal now. And I think he's learned, to be more of a fighter and uh he, he might get the six furlongs 
uh, well now. Before, I, you know, it was a little bit uh, suspect to get that far. But, yeah, he's he's just really matured. I love five-year-olds. They, you know, he's a really mature, sound, strong animal. So I'm hoping that when the, when the day comes, we got to find out that, that he will. So how much does that horse earn now? That's got to be over 300000 uh, Do you know off the top of your head? I think. I don't know off the top of my head, but, yeah, it's over 300 Yeah. You just For, cash the checks, right? Yeah, you just cash the checks. <laughs> he saves me. He saves me. You know, he won the he won the Colonel Power last year, and then uh, the 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 pandemic happened, <laughs> and uh, he you know he helped me through you know the earnings from that gave me a little buffer you know yeah. to keep my crew intact when we moved to Kentucky and just kind of coasted on a on a farm for a couple months with no racing so no earnings yeah so he's he's the star of the barn obviously for for a lot of reasons but shaker um, town next we're going to shaker town we are yeah we that's what what we're shooting for okay well we'll look forward to that that would be opening weekend at keeneland if i'm not mistaken you had a couple other uh babies run pretty well down there a couple first time starters the mains you got uh, look pretty good there was one that caught my named uh Maybe later, maybe, maybe later, later, by, by yes. not this time. So a horse bred to run, bred to run early, and I think it ran second last time out. She and did. Horse, her, Twenty to her, one, of course. Yeah, her first time out, she did not break well, and it was on that speed. It was just pure speed uh, bias track that day, and so she, you know, we knew she needed to go long, and we just wanted to give her an out. So. Um, stretching her out, I was pretty confident that she'd show up and run well. So I was really proud of her. She's a nice filly too. She's actually been Coors workmate um, this whole meet. So they've outdone each other at different oh, really? times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you're expecting her not to be a maiden very long for him? Is it him? Right. No, Phil. It's a filly too. Okay. Yeah. So, so you're expecting a maiden breaker in the very near future? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. She's a nice filly. You heard it here first, and, folks. <laughs> but she's really mature. She's a big, scopey, great, great brain on her. She's just a really mature in her mind uh, horse, good-minded. Um, and she's grown into her body really well. So, yeah, I'm excited about her future, too. All right, guys, you're up. Hey, Michelle, <laughs> uh, just a general question. When you ship up to Kentucky, is it a, everybody comes at once, or are you going to stagger it out just to – or how, how does that work? It's uh, difficult to to uh, figure out, but you know, a lot of times I do stagger them, uh, and we'll we'll have two two loads this year to go. So I'm pretty sure I'm sending half of them on uh, the 24th, and then uh, as soon as we get done running here, the rest of them will go. Um, so yeah, it's nice because I have a foreman I send up ahead of time. He gets them. Uh, gets the barn ready. He's been working for me for like 15 years, so he knows the drill, and it makes it just easier, less pressure. So, um, and then I'll be right behind him because we got to get the big horse ready for his first race um, at Keeneland. We got no time to waste. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I wanted to ask you about change of control. How how is she doing? She's doing fabulous. Yeah, she's in on Friday. Oh and, really? Uh, First time she's ever been the favorite. Yeah, I think she's two to one morning line, so she usually pays a lot when she wins. So yeah, uh, but it's it's an, it's a nice race. Uh, there's some nice fillies in there, 
And um, so, you know, that's why we got to run the race. So, but I, I hope and pray she wins. She's been doing fabulous. We're really very fortunate. Um, Scott Jones um, put a race in the book, open allowance like that for it. And uh, that, that'll set her up. Hopefully we, we get to the Giants Causeway with her at Keeneland. That's why I was going to ask you if, if everything goes well here. I assume, yeah, Giants Causeway. Yeah. That's the second second Saturday of the uh, Keeneland meet. So that would right. work perfectly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. Good hey, timing. Brent. Well, I'm, I'm hoping that this Keeneland meet, I guess you're, you're not going to keep two barns. Will you be shipping from Churchill to race at Keeneland? Yeah, um, it's lovely to go to Keeneland with your with your horses and and train there, but um, it's so close, and so we do. Right. I just have a couple of stalls that we'll ship into, and if we have to stay a day before the race or a day after, you know, we can do that. Um, have a a nice quiet place to be. So, but yeah, we'll just ship in from uh, Churchill the morning of. Well, listen, I'll offer my volunteer services to not really do much. <laughs> unless demanded to because we're in this lottery day and if you know if we're not racing those days i can't even get in i guess i don't know i i, I think i can always talk my way but yeah i got tickets on the 18th through the round through this lottery and i've got until the 15th to buy them and then i guess it, oh. they go out to other people and i don't know it sounds so crazy with covid and i mean we're, we're the restrictions are loosening almost every day, and yeah, and yet we, God, we hope, still, hope. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the track's still doing what it's doing, but we're trying to get the podcast on the road show and do some video, and you know, Mike Joyce really wants to have me on his stand, and and I was just oh, right. you could be the you could be the conduit for that day, <laughs> yeah, but but I, but I offer Craig, Craig is you know. He's a good hot walker. He can do a lot of different things. So, well, uh, we we can always use a little extra help, filling up wash use, buckets, whatever. I can, we don't care. <laughs> I could exercise the horses. I weigh about two twenty. They'd be really fit. Well, they'll be ready. <laughs> <laughs> we'll put you yeah. on the big ones. <laughs> and another selfish ploy. I'm actually uh, engaged now. I don't know if you knew I that. I saw that. Yes, I'm, I saw that. I'm off. Yeah, I'm off the market, but uh, we're going to shoot it. our engagement photos. <laughs> yeah, we're coming to Keeneland to shoot engagement photos. So oh, uh, that's I'm, awesome. I'm thrilled about trying to make it work. And, and if it doesn't, I'm going to actually have some at Churchill as well. So oh, good. The, that's nice. I only get like three things in this whole wedding, and that's one of my choices. <laughs> you know, the rest we, had engagement, we had engagement photos at our barn um, uh, with my pony one a couple years ago. <laughs> he really? In the background. Yeah, they, they hung out with him and did engagement photos. Yep. That's, awesome. that's cool. Yeah, well, you, we can put you on him if you'd like. <laughs> oh, wow. That's that, That'd be awesome, but uh, <laughs> I'll put Sarah up. But uh, yeah, so I, we're we're excited to just get you back home and uh, you know see what I mean. The guys know your runners like ever, the, before they even enter. So I mean, that's so exciting. I'm so glad you guys did. follow me. That makes me oh yeah. Oh, yeah, so good. Yeah. And I tell yeah. you what, Michelle, there's people that listen to this that love you too. I mean, they're, 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 you do good numbers. Let's put it that way. People love people love listening to your stories and stuff. That's why you keep getting asked back. <laughs> yeah i'm i'm happy to ever to always come on your show um you guys are awesome good awesome people anyway and you do uh fun fun uh the 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 uh interviews are always fun yeah lighthearted oh, oh. and nice yeah we hey, appreciate 
Real quick, ahead, do, you, do you have any first-time starters yet? Have you started or any well, property that we should I've, kind of take a look at? Or what's the barn like right now? How many well, heads do you I, have? We have, well, we have uh, just under 20 right now. So, um, oh, okay. but we, I've run two of my first firsters here and I've got another firster on Sunday and she's five and a half on the turf, which I think she's going to want to go long. Um, but you know, I got to get them. I want to get a race in them and they just, my babies are just making it. Thank goodness. You know, so, um, some of the young minded ones won't have to ship to Keeneland and they can wait for Churchill. And, uh, so it's really good to get a, a race in them. And then I have another little filly that <clears throat> she's a hit at the bomb, hit at a bomb filly. Yes. And, uh, yeah, I like her too. And she's, so I have two more firsters if the race goes for the other filly. So yeah, well, and if, they, if either one of those win, um, they'll blow up the tote board. I'm sure. <laughs> Cause we're always, run, yeah, yeah. we're always running against horses that have been bought in sales for hundreds of thousands. And most of mine are homebred. So that's why, that's why we follow. That's why, that's why we like betting your horses. Cause, uh, they, they pay some money, and yep. I think Hit It A Bomb won the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Turf, right? He did. He, yep. Yeah, yeah. So there's, there's a little breeding there, and so that's impressive. Yeah. Hey, if we, I, if, if, I like her. If, if we can somehow get in there on Bluegrass Day, because I, 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 we tried for tickets to get him. Uh, we're gonna come see him. Where you can get us in there on Bluegrass Day if, if it's for the Shaker Town or Shaker Town Day, as you call it. Is that it. It, Shaker? It's yeah. I was gonna say, what's Bluegrass Day? We got a Shaker Town Day. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. If if we get paddock passes and all that stuff as guests uh you are more than welcome so yeah we'll keep in touch about that sounds awesome sounds mm-hmm. awesome all right we don't want to keep it too much longer michelle we know you've got plans tonight and stuff we always appreciate you coming by uh you always enlighten the pod always uh, uh, make it a lot of fun so we appreciate you coming by and you know we're going to talk to you uh, on air at churchill as well too you know that right yes yes yeah yeah all right well i gotta say goodbye to her she's got to run okay Thanks, guys. Thank Y'all you, Michelle. We love you. Love you guys, too. <laughs> well, guys, as we've mentioned, uh, the big Louisiana Derby card is this weekend. So we wanted to invite back the Louisiana State Red Shark, who not only helped us with the LeCompte card at the fairgrounds, he torched it with winner after winner. That kind of money-making performance for our listeners deserves an invite back to the show. And now that I've put this unbridled pressure on him, it's time to welcome back Churchill Downs Wonderkin himself, Gary <laughs> Palmasano Jr. How are you doing, Gary? I'm doing very well. How are you guys today? Great, Thanks for great, that great introduction. <laughs> no problem. No but we do appreciate you coming back. Uh, you earned your spot back on here with uh, your performance a few weeks ago. It, it was not lost on me and CC and Brandon, I'll tell you that. So Yeah, I know we picked uh, a few winners, so we'll see, we'll see if we can replicate. Yeah, I know. I, but, um, again, I put pressure on you, and I apologize. But... Uh, <laughs> You know how that goes. Oh, so by the way, Gary, you're uh, you're leaving for New Orleans here in a, a day or two. Uh, is the Louisiana? Der- you know, you're from down there. Yep. Is the Louisiana Derby part of your uh, annual? Is it a rite of passage for you to go in there? Every, are you there every year for this big race? I've been to a vast majority of them. Yeah, this is always a great time of the year for me to like my mom and dad and my grandparents and all are there. So. Um, this is a good time for me to sneak down there before the derby grind because once we get into April, May, June, we have racing. And um, so I do try to get down there every spring, and, and Louisiana Derby always makes sense for 
a weekend to go for sure. So yeah, I've gone the last. Uh, I didn't go last year, obviously with COVID going on, but I'd been the five, six, seven of them before that, plus almost every year growing up. Sweet. Now, when you get down to the racetrack on Saturday, is uh, Chris Defeck and is it Brian Dano? Are they gonna let you go on air with them? I mean, no. No, I'm gonna just uh, kind of hang out and try to help out uh, some of the racing team there. Um, try to keep some of our post times on schedule and make sure that we're doing the best we can, um, you know, to maximize our handle and stuff. So I'll kind of just be floating around a little bit. All right. Well, I did my part to get your face on there, but uh, maybe, <laughs> maybe down the down the road here. Um, as I said, folks, Gary, he really was a huge help on a Lecomte day. He gave us several winning plays, and not only that, he gave us great info on, on the fairground circuit in general. So we wanted to have him on, but before we get to the big stakes action in late pick five, we're going to discuss the, the pick five. Uh, I wanted to ask him real quick about the, uh, the cost of rising on turf, five-and-a-half furlong sprint on the turf, and grade one winning no pros in there for Tom Amos. He's a dirt horse, and he's going against state bread in that spot on the turf. So what I want to ask you before CC takes over is, do you think no pro is a lock? Because there's a lot of hard-hitting Louisiana breads in there. Uh, what's your take on that race? Well, I think it's really hard to take um, take a really, really short price on a horse that's never done something before. And, and this horse has never been on the turf. Um, and while he is the fastest horse in the race and he does have the most class, you know, to, to take two to five or three to five, on a horse like that um, is a biz- a big ask in my in the way I wager and in my opinion, you know, um, you're skimming through the race. Yeah, there's a lot of class in there. There's a lot of seasoned veterans. Um, no parole is of course the horse to beat, um, and and will be really tough in there. But boy, you just you just never want to take that short a price in a 14-horse field with a horse that's never done something like that before, and the grass being the, the factor. Yeah, I know off the top of my head, Monty Man's in that race, and he's a Louisiana win machine, so you might get a price on that one today with no pro in the race. So, but All right, CC, let, uh, let's roll on this pick five. Lead us off, pal. Absolutely. All right, it's a uh, marathon 14 race car. Yeah. And we're going to start with race 10. This is the first leg of the 50-cent black gold five. And, uh, Gary, I hate to put you on the spot, but this is not a jackpot wager, right? No. So, no, no. So this will be the normal regular pick five. It looks like what happened was whenever they made the card, they pulled last year's information in automatically. But you'll see tomorrow when the program actually goes final with the morning line odds and everything that the correct uh, wager heading will be on there. Gotcha. Yep. All right. I was just going by daily racing for him. So, okay. So, no no jackpot on the pick five. The first leg is the Tom Benson Memorial $150,000 stakes. For Phillies and Mares, mile and 16th on the Stall Wilson turf course. And we now see that this will be the return of Delica, five-year-old German mare. She's won six of her 18 starts lifetime. I hate to steal anybody's thunder, but uh, she has never won two races in a row. Uh, Gary, we'll start with you. Are we for or against Delica in this spot? Well, I think first and foremost, you got to go back to what we talked about last January. Um, the rails will come down, and we'll be back on the most center portion of the turf course at zero. And as we've typically favors horses on or near the lead, 
Uh, even if you just look at uh, two of the horses in this field, you, you look at his glory, who ran on February 13th, which was Risen Star Day, um, you know, raced near the lead, as of course did Delica, um, who kind of sat right off of his glory and, uh, and ended up being able to hold off some of the deeper closers. And, and a lot, again, goes to that point about um, the inside rail being the place to be or, or on or near the lead. You want to keep that uh, in the back of your mind, of course, but a lot of, lot of class in this race. Um, of course, Delica kind of being the, the horse that'll probably go off uh, as the favorite. In my opinion, I think this is a really wide open race and a race that you need to spread quite a bit in. Um, Delica, Logic and Reason, uh, Temple City Terra, Pass the Plate, and even Dream a Little Dream of You uh, on the outside, a horse that's uh, only had one real off performance and seems to be very consistent and working well. So to me, this is a, a definite spread. Okay, Alan, let's go to you now. Who who do you like in the uh, Benson Memorial? Well, that depends. Is uh, we got to ask Brandon first. Is Dream a Little Dream of You going to run in this spot? This is Brandon's horse, folks. Well, I tell you what, I'm so glad Gary touched on my little filly. She's not little anymore. She's four. She's growing up in big shoes now, and uh, she's working out great. If you all remember back when uh, we had Nancy on the podcast, we were trying to ship her out to Oakland to run uh, for those big purses, but Oakland was shut down for a couple weeks because of the snow and just overall terrible conditions on that track. So, She's missed some time and, you know, needs a race, really. And uh, we may keep her here or we may end up scratching out and, and going other places. But uh, so far, I, I think this is where we're, we're looking. So, uh, you know, it's going to be Brad's ultimate call. Uh, but I do think we're competitive. And in the morning, she's showing every sign is what the barn's saying. So uh, I'd like to see that. Obviously, the work tab looks great. But... Uh, you know, I'm thrilled to have a race again. Is she up against it with some older mares? Yes. <laughs> you know, there's no doubt about it. But uh, I'm with Gary. You know, if the rail is down and if that turf is firm, which, man, I know it's it's hard to be firm out in Louisiana, uh, she could be very competitive. And, and, but the, the, the post is tough. But if she can get over and actually, you know, gets up towards the pace, I hope she could carry it around because I know she can. And if there's, you know, a late kick, I, you know, I'd, I'd love to see what she has. She needs a race. She wants it now. So why not? Why not on Saturday? Well, you know, I, um, I I'm going to tread lightly here personally, because the horse that I want to bet is Temple City Terror. It's uh, the horse that came rolling. I thought finished the best in, in the last race of all these horses and against Joel Rosario today. Uh, so th- that's got to pick up a length, uh, closing down the stretch. That said, as Gary mentioned, if the rail's down, it may not be uh, suited to Temple City Terror's running style. So I'll tread lightly, like Gary. I'll spread if I'm playing this race. I'll do like a horse a little bit later as a potential single. So no strong opinion. I will maybe tread cautiously with Temple City Terror. All right. Let's uh, turn the page. And this race is, uh, this is terrorizing me. I, I don't know what to do with race 11. This is the New Orleans Classic. Oh, man. Four, yeah, $400,000 grade two, mile and an eighth on the dirt course. 
And folks, there is absolutely no speed no in this. No speed at all. <laughs> no speed. There's absolutely nothing that wants to be on the lead. In fact, uh, maybe the favorite could be Owendale here, who actually did set up off of a slowish pace in the Pimlico Special. Back but didn't in win. But didn't and he win. didn't win, right? And he was beaten by Harper's first ride, but he happened to be off the board last weekend at Oakline. Uh, but, uh, Gary, let's go to you first. Uh, I'm interested to hear what you guys have to say about the race. The race. Uh, Gary, who do you like in the New Orleans? I 100% agree that um, there is no pace, but uh, I think I'm all in on Owendale. Um, I think this would be my single in the late pick five. If you watch some of the races from that Oakland Park day uh, a few weeks ago, uh, I didn't think the rail was exactly where you wanted to be. And I was honestly really, really surprised that Joel had Owendale um, as the inside most horse um, in that race. Uh, I, I was totally expecting him to to be wide and, and kind of where all the other winners were on that day, including where Mystic Guide was. And, and he was down on the fence and uh, kind of took the I, I'm just not sure that was the best place to be that day. And I think second off a layoff, he's the classiest horse in the race. And I wouldn't be surprised if Florence aggressive early with him. Cause I think he reads the, the past performances just like we do. And um, I could see him, uh, him realizing that he's on the fastest horse in the race and just taking it to him. Okay, Brandon. Uh, you know, I'm with Gary. I, I think Owendale uh, is it was a unique race last time out. I, I was totally agreeing with that. It wasn't Owendale's type of, of scenario with pace and, and all that. But I am going to put just one other in here, and that's Son of Man, Joe Talamo, and Steve Bassman. You know, Steve's been doing great. Uh, this horse has been great. Uh, but th- there's really no one else in here that I see fit, fits kind of what, what this, this pace scenario is going to deliver. I'm always a big fan of Captivating Moon, but you talk about like breaking my heart, and then of course the one time I don't play it, or actually the one time I did, I kept with it even on the turf. Uh, Captivating Moon wins, so that was a kind of a crazy day. But uh, I, I think Owendale. I'm always a Roadster fan, but not for this type of race. And, and the the distance that Roadster runs, it's so unique to see seven furlongs and back to a mile and an eighth, seven furlongs back to a mile and an eighth. Michael Stidham's barn now, uh, coming off a long, long layoff. That's a big question mark to see what Roadster would do. Uh, but I'm going to stick with Owendale as my top choice. Uh, I should point out Captivating Moon is cross-entered in the Mervyn Muniz Menor- Memorial in race 12. So they're going to have a decision to make. So Captivating Moon might come out of this race. And one more thing, uh, you talk about Roadster going first time for Michael Stidham. Uh, we don't know what's going to happen there, but you might take a look at race eight at Oakland on Thursday. Stidham runs a horse for the same connection, Speedway Stables, uh, a filly named Aberge, who was previously trained by Baffert coming off a year layoff. If you know Stidham's horse, Aberge, runs well there, you might give uh, extra credit to Roadster. Just thought I'd toss that in. Uh, Alan, let's go to you. That's good info. And uh, I'm glad you brought the Captivating Moon thing. I have to think with a potential pay scenario, Captivating Moon would probably lean to the turf. But, again, I, that's just just my guess. I have no uh, information on that. I'm going to go back to what these two guys said, or, or and what you said. 
there's no pace in here. Usually I do. I can do a pretty good job of projecting who's going to be on the lead, and I can't even do that here. Uh, I think there's a possibility someone like a chess chief or even Ollie Boy may try that. But Owendale outclass, outclasses chess chief. I'm going to I'm gonna default to Owendale from a class standpoint. He hasn't, one, hit the winner's circle much lately, but he's classier than the majority of these. And also like uh, Brandon's uh, Sonaman, who I think has been in deceptively good form for about three races. That includes two nice run-on stalking seconds to uh, Maxfield. So you can make the argument that those actually theoretically count as wins. So you hold a gun to my head. I'm just going to try to get by the race with uh, Owendale and Sonaman. That does not mean I don't change on race day, but those are the two I, I would go with. I want to give a shout out to Mosito Rojo. That's a horse I Amen. tabbed. I tabbed that horse to win the Clark Handicap in 2019, and he's, he's he went off form ever since then. I can stop a freight train. So <laughs> I remember you picking him that day. That was a heck yeah. of a pick. I remember. Yeah, he he's not been the same <laughs> since. So. Anyway, let's go to race 12, and this is the Muniz, uh, the Muniz Memorial Classic, $300,000, grade two, mile and eighth on Stahl Wilson Turf Course. And uh, interesting field, 12-horse uh, 12, 12 field. Uh, Gary, we'll go to you. I'm guessing that I don't have the morning line here, but I'm guessing number five, Colonel Liam with uh, Arad Ortiz and, and trained by Todd Pletcher. I'm guessing that horse will probably be two to one, five to two, somewhere in that vicinity. Gary, who do you like here? Uh, yeah, I expect uh, Colonel Liam to be the favorite as well. I mean, the when the Pegasus World Cup turf invitational is obviously, um, you know, a good race, and, and he was good that day. I, I think this is a really interesting race, personally. Um, I have not been a Colonel Liam fan. He's beaten me the last two times. I've thought both times he he tripped out so perfectly and and you mm-hmm. know kind of won kind of won because of dream runs and including in the Pegasus World Turf Cup or whatever it's called um, he kind of sat right in the pocket got got a seam moved out and was able to win by neck um, I'm looking at some of the other ones in here cross border uh, a horse that just got beat by. Um, by Colonel Liam, he was three wide that day. He didn't get near the trip Colonel Liam got. I'm looking at Logical Myth, who's six for seven in, in the money over the fairgrounds grass course. I'm looking at Spooky Channel, who freaked in, in Houston and ran a career number. Um, and, of course, Mike Maker's other horse, the nine conviction trade, on the cutback from kind of the, the marathon races. So I do not think Colonel Liam is a – stone cold cinch here but i've tried to beat him the last two times and we're wrong so okay alan i know who you like uh why don't you uh let everybody else know yeah i'm surprised uh gary our new orleans expert didn't mention it first off before i say that gary who is (laughs) muniz memorial who's who is muniz uh i honestly do not know Mervin Munez was the longtime racing secretary at Fairgrounds for years and years through probably the 80s and 90s, uh, 70s, 80s and 90s, probably, um, and passed away a few years ago. And they changed this name um, to the Mervin Munez in his honor. OK, see, that's why we had Gary on the show, folks. He knows his, <laughs> he knows his New Orleans stuff. He knows his fairground stuff. And again, I'm a, I want him on air with Christopher and those guys. So <laughs> anyway. Uh, it's factor this to me. This this race is factor this. There's 
he draws the rail, as Gary has said. Uh, this horse, uh, it's going to favor speed. I don't believe there's a lot of speed in the race. Uh, the maker horse, Spooky Channel, has speed, but that's marathon speed. I think Sean Bridgman sends from the get-go. And even though his past few races have led to poor finishes, he's had to battle on the lead with Spectacular Jim. Uh, I believe in the last race, two back, he had to battle on the lead with – he had to concede to the very fast holiday. Those guys aren't in this race today. He's finally going to get a pace on how that he likes. Sean Bridgman rides the horse as well as anybody. As long as he has not tailed off, I think factor this is a stone-cold single. Uh, and if I was going to throw a horse in the exacta, Logical Myth and Colonel Liam will probably make the bulk of my uh, exacta trifecta plays. But I'm singling factor this for Brad Cox. All right, Brandon, let's go. Well, that's big uh, because I'm with Gary. I thought the Seeing Spooky Channel, Conviction Trade take a cutback here when they were blazing up front. Uh, well, especially Conviction Trade was blazing up front at Sam Houston, you know, good you know, almost a month and a half plus ago. I love the cutback. I think they're going to let this horse just go. It's Maker. Mike Maker on the turf is just deadly, I think. So uh, I think this horse has got a lot of promise. Uh, that's that's my number one, but I'm never going to leave Johnny V off the turf ever. <laughs> he comes in to ride for Mark Cassidy on Olympic runner on the outside. Don't care for the post too much, but I do like the change. This horse has always kind of been in competitive fields. Uh, that's kind of my, my long shot, if you will, of the day is this Olympic runner with Gary Barber, uh, the ownership group, and I love the Geopony Sire horses, so I'm I'm conviction trade spooky channel followed by Olympic runner. One quick thing, uh, CC, before you move on, the thing about one thing about factor this, uh, his poor efforts have come. He's had front bandages on the last four races. I don't know if that's I don't know if that's a correlation or not, or maybe again it's just a battle at the pace scenario has not suited him. But I will make note of that. There is uh, the addition of front bandages led to some poor performances. I tend to believe it's because of. Uh, the pace scenario has not been to his liking. I believe it will be to his liking today. So that's just one little asterisk I wanted to throw in there. And do you have an opinion while we have you here? Well, I think if you spread in the race, you got to use, uh, I believe, the six-horse logical myth for Joe oh, yeah. Sharp. Uh, he's five for seven on the fairgrounds turf course with a second-place finish. I went back and watched that race last time, the fairgrounds handicap. That was on a yielding turf. He didn't get off to a really good start. Kind of got caught behind another horse, and he was, you know, eighth, eighth of ten early. Uh, he did launch a pretty good rally. It it didn't look like he was taking hold of the turf course like he should have. I'll just give him another try here. I think, I think if he can break well and get on on uh, lap on top of factor this early, he's got a shot to win too. So, and he might you might get a little better uh, better price on him this too this time maybe eight eight nine to one with the uh, with the Pletcher horse and and a couple of the makers and like I said factor this I, I think you might get a good price on him so, so uh, nobody likes my horse nobody likes my horse well it, this time last year that, that he'd be a cinch right yeah he's just it looks like he's gone off form now uh, are we talking about factor this factor this right yeah I uh, I'm absolutely using him because of the sheer pace um, pace advantage that he's gonna have I like you notice the front bandages. I, I've never been sold that that's a huge negative, um, but it's it's obviously something that you know that's tied into his form reversal. But 
Um, I, I, I'm not, you cannot let that horse beat you, but I just couldn't get around to singling him. But that's the kind of horse, that's the kind of single that uh, you take a stand there and you're allowed to spend some money in some of the other races, and that's how you hid for a few K for sure. That's right. But yeah, thank you for guys for throwing out and making me feel better. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you could make excuses for his last three. I mean, you could say he didn't handle the turf course last time, and he had too to much speed. A spectacular yeah, I mean, gym. He's been he's been going real fast early. I mean, I I'm looking here at the Briz pace numbers, uh, a 120. Um, it's insane. Quarter. Uh, E2 pace Briz number. I've never even seen a number that high before. That, that was against Holiday. He had to chase Holiday that day. So, you know, Holiday's so he, a fast miler. He definitely has some excuses for sure. Okay. Well, I think uh, common consensus here is to uh, spread in this spot. Right. And we're going to go to race 13 now. This is the twinspires.com Fairground Oaks. And this has been a key race going forward toward the Kentucky Oaks. And I think this year is no different. Looks like the favorite is going to be coming from the six hole, and that's Clarier, the daughter of Curlin, with a, it's a a blue hen pedigree. That's about as good as you're going to get with uh, cavorting the mare. Uh, just a nice family tree there. She comes out of the Rachel Alexander, where she ran down travel column to win in that spot. And Joe Talamo rides for Steve Asmussen and Stone Street Sables. Gary, let's go to you first. Who do you like in the Fairgrounds Oaks? I, uh, I'll go on my, on my limb here. I think the best two Phillies in America are in this race and it's Clarier and travel column. All uh, right. Some of the Oaks, other Oaks prep races. I just think from what we've seen so far, these two are head and shoulders above, above the crop. Um, unless something comes along here late, I think you're going to see a, a rerun of the Rachel Alexandra and, uh, and we'll kind of see who gets the better, better experience this time. I mean, Clarier got an absolutely perfect ride by Joe. Um, he, he moved down the backside, right up the fence to get position and tipped out at the perfect time. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll see who gets the trip this time, but I think those two are head and shoulders above the rest. Okay. Alan. Uh, one, again, one quick question for you, uh, Gary, what's, uh, I've set the over under Brad Cox wins today i think he's gonna win a bunch i've set the over under 4.5 his number of wins on this 14 point 14 race card you taking the over or the under i'm taking the under I think, two three. I think he could win three or four pretty easily but he's got a few first time starters and a couple of those jump up I, i'm looking for him to win three what about you guys what do you think hundred dollars on the under brandon i'll take a hundred on the under all right i might be betting you guys i think he's gonna i think he's gonna hit the over and that's not me picking him in the night in the Louisiana Derby. But uh, anyway, and I don't think he's a cinch in this spot. I think Travel Column may win the Kentucky Oaks. I think this race is a little bit deeper than we're giving it, than most people are going to give it credit for. That's why I was talking about maybe single and factor this in the previous race and taking some contrary some contrary horses in this race because I think there there is some contention. I agree with Gary. I think the top two are the ones to beat, but I think Zodgel, I think Super Sensational getting John Velasquez aboard. They may send him today. I, I'm not saying the horse is going to win. I think that uh, with JV aboard, I think uh, he could get a better he could get a, a better trip, maybe up front, get sent. The Mott uh, on horse has a little upside to him. Our buddy Joel Politi, Brandon, uh, who we've yep. on the pod before, has a really really nice runner here named Little Tootsie. So I would use all those on a on a secondary ticket if I singled. Um, 
if I singled uh, factor this and he were to win, that said, I, I do believe the race comes down to travel column and Clarier. I'm going to give the nod to travel column. I'm not sure he knew Clarier was behind him last time. I, I thought travel column was gone. That was an amazing ride Joe Talmo gave Clarier. Give me the slightest of nods to travel column. But I, in all fairness, I think it's actually a really good prep for the Kentucky Oaks. Yeah, I, I think if Clarier gets out of the break and, and doesn't, you know, because the run line says, the comment line says, hit the gate. I don't recall that, but I remember getting uh, travel column spotted quite a few league, uh, you know, links. But I think Clarier, if, if she comes out and does well out of the gate, uh, there's no spotting travel column again. And I think Clarier goes almost uh, all the way around without, uh, I, you know, I don't know. It just, I always want to go back to saying if the horse takes the lead, like, and like you said, Alan, travel column had the lead pretty much the whole way and got nipped at the, against the rail where Clarier just snuck up. I, you know, that's a really, you're, you could be a hundred percent right, but I think Clarier based on the breeding and the way that the horse responded last time, if he can come out of the gate, I think this horse is a winner. Let me ask you guys something. Uh, I think Clarier might be the slightest of morning line favorites. If I saw it, if I, if I remember seeing it, uh, who do you think goes off favorite at post time between those two Clarier or travel column? What do you guys think? I think it'd be I, Cox. I do too. But you, I think uh, it'll be Steve. Yeah. Oh, you think, uh, you think Clarier would be favorite? What about you, CC? I mean, it's going to be close. I'll tell you this. It's going to be close. Uh, I mean, I think they'll go with the recency. I mean, Clarier beat her on the square last time. I, I think, I think Clarier would be a, just a slight favorite. I mean, it might be eight to five, nine to five. That's why I see. Yeah. Just curious. I'm just curious, but that that's and that's why I say like in races like that, if you can beat the top two favorites in, in a multi-race ticket, that's when that's when it explodes. So that might be a secondary play for me, but ultimately I do believe it's those two. I think Travel Column moved too early. I think she got to the lead too early last time. I think I think they're going to switch tactics. I mean, she she gets basically the same post this time, and I think they're going to wait or try to wait. And try to run down the whoever the leader is late. Uh, Claire Air didn't break well last time, but she did get a good rail, you know, ground saving trip. So uh, maybe I'm going to take Travel Column over over Claire Air, but uh, you know I, I got both on that. And of course we're gonna root for a little Tootsie for Gary, uh, for Joel uh, Politi. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, because that I thought she was fabulous last time in the slop. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, so but uh, and and they've done a really good job spotting their horses lately. So uh, I, uh, but, uh, I should mention, I think Joe Pleaty was episode thirty nine for us. Is that right, Brandon? Do you know or forty? What do you think, uh, Brandon? I don't remember off the top of my head, but I do know Gary was episode thirty five. So if you <laughs> wants to go back and check out those archives, Gary was. <laughs> so you'll be you'll be surprised with all the winners he he put in the winner's circle that day. <laughs> and I'd also add the travel column. If you saw the golden rod. And I know these guys did. That was an amazing performance by Travel Column that day. Uh, he got led to the gate. I mean, just just spotted the field, tons of lengths, and just blew by everybody. Oh yeah, so she's yeah. she's special, but Clarier may be special too. Yeah, I think whoever wins this race is likely to be the Kentucky Oaks favorite. Mm-hmm. All right, so uh, let's wrap it up with the Twinspires.com Louisiana Derby. This is one million dollars, Grade Two for the three-year-olds. Uh, like last year, they increased the distance last year. Now we're going mile and three-sixteenths. I'm sure the favorite is going to be number six, Mandaloon, for Brad Cox and Judmont Farms. And will be ridden by Florent Giroux. He comes off a win in the Risen Star Stakes on February 13th. 
Gary, who do you like in Louisiana Derby? Uh, hard to get real cute in here. I mean, I, I think that the Risen Star 1-2-3 runners are going to be um, right there again this time. If I'm looking at a new shooter, I think Run Classic is is really interesting. Um, he threw up a, a few pretty salty Briz figures, um, his first two efforts, and uh, seems to be really coming into his own. Obviously, the distance is a question mark, but this is a horse that they've always thought highly of. Um, made the the stretch out from six furlongs to a mile and a sixteenth look easy last time. Um, so that's the wild card horse that I'm looking at. Um, I'm not too into Hot Rod Charlie, um, you know, from the West Coast. Even though you could make a case that maybe the California horses are a little bit better, um, or, or appear to be, but I think it's the Risen Star one, two, three runners, and uh, and we'll see who who gets the nod at the mile and three sixteenths. They're all training well. They're all doing well. I think this will be a really, really fun race to the finish. Alan, I'm going to go to you next, but first I want to point out uh, Hot Rod Charlie uh, in the program is going to be trained by Leandro Mora. That's not mm-hmm. really a trainer change. It's uh, the previous trainer on here, Doug O'Neill, was suspended for a drug violation for 10 days. But it's not a, it's not a trainer switch. It's still basically the same stable. Uh, yep. Second thing I want to point out, you, uh, Gary mentioned Run Classic. Brett Calhoun won this race two years ago with By My Standards at a big price. So, uh, worth noting anyway. So, Alan, uh, take it away. Uh, I thought you were also going to mention, I'm glad you brought up about Leandro Moore. I mean, yeah, folks, when you see that, that's Doug O'Neill you're looking at. And that is the horse that's a half to Matoli, right, if I'm not mistaken? Yes, that is correct. And Midnight Bourbon is a half half to Gervin and many others. Alan? Alan, Oh, no. I didn't want to hear him anyway. <laughs> yeah, cut him out. Yeah, he's out. Brandon, well, you, you take over. Yeah, I'll pick up. You know, I thought Run Classic was a very interesting uh, entry. I always call it a, the Brett Bomb equation. He hasn't been really bombing. I look for him at Keeneland more to throw some bombs out there. But uh, I thought that was a really unique uh, new shooter. Like the morning work tabs, I definitely am going to keep my eye on that horse. I've always been a fan of Proxy. I think Proxy's really got a big shot. Uh, I'm going to pick Proxy as my number one choice, actually. Uh, Mandaloon, you're taking blinkers off this horse. Uh, I, I just, I always go back to that seven furlongs at, at Churchill Downs. And it looked like the horse had to do a whole lot to get there and uh, for that win. And I've just never been like overly impressed. I was shocked on the Risen Star. Uh, but I really think the equipment change may have helped him that day, and you see you get a little bit better price. Uh, but the horse ran awesome that day. You can't deny how well he did at the Risen Star. So, I mean, he's definitely going to be in the, in, the, in the running, no doubt, and probably on the pace. So uh, my, my three are the Run Classic, Proxy, Mandaloon, and a special mention to our good friends and pals, uh, Greg Foley in the Foley Barn, Travis Foley. And Bernard Racing and my friend Brian Bernard with Obezos. They're really taking a shot with this horse. I'm very interested to see. I, I wish them the very best. There is only eight horses in here. And who knows? I mean, this horse could be, you know, they always start out, you know, sprinting. But then maybe the horse did like the distance. I, I just don't think it really had kind of the the next level of some of the other competitors like Mandaloon, Proxy, and Midnight Bourbon. So 
but special shout out to those guys, and I hope that they finish in the money. Yeah, for me, I, I'm just going to use Run Classic, Proxy, Hot Rod, Charlie, and Mandaloon. I think I think that's going to it's going to wind up my pick my pick four, pick five ticket. Uh, I, I just uh, Gary, I'm going to ask you. I, uh, DRF had uh, Mandaloon at a 98 buyer and Proxy a 97. Do you trust those figures? I do. I mean, uh, Mandaloon ran a hundred Briz speed figure last time. That's really, really salty for uh, for a three year old. Uh, you know, life is good, and the Baffords are are running 103s, 104s, something like that. So, um, I thought all those horses made the necessary step forward from the LeCompte to the Risen Star to prove they were legitimate three year olds. And um, if they can make another step or two uh, up the ladder, they they can be competitive with some of the other Derby heavy hitters. There's there's no doubt. Yeah, I, I mean, if if you think those figures are real, I think yeah, Mandaloon, Proxy, Midnight Berman, you you you've got to you've got to take them seriously, especially in here and then going forward. So, all right, before we wrap up, uh, Gary, uh, just uh, I hate to put you on spot again, but late pick four, could you just give you a like a like a a, a first draft of a of a ticket, uh, just to give us an idea of uh, what you're going to do or how you're going to handle your uh, your late pick five and pick four tickets? Yeah, so the late pick four, um, there's going to be a pretty good uh, promotion on Twinspires.com from what I'm hearing. Um, so if I was playing the late pick four, I would single Owendale. I'd go uh, pretty deep in the Munez with at least factor this cross border. Um, I'm tossing Colonel Liam. I'd use Logical Myth. I'd use Spooky Channel, Conviction Trade, Olympic Runner, and Pixelate. I'd use a bunch in there. I'd use the two big fillies in the um, Oaks, and I would use four in the Louisiana Derby Run Classic, Proxy, Mandaloon, and Midnight Bourbon. All right. That sounds great. Well, Gary, we, we thank you for joining us uh, once again. Uh, your, your input is uh, very valuable. Uh, I hope everybody uh, take took good notes of uh, Gary's so selection. Too. Hopefully, and, we uh, and, we have some things to talk about, uh, some winnings to share. Yeah, and uh, hopefully, if uh, you wrote down Brandon's selections, you've pitched them in the garbage by now. I do like I, that ticket. I do like that ticket uh, formation for sure on pick four and pick five. I want to probably do the same. I've been sitting out for a couple weeks, which is very rare for me. So I'm gonna. I'm definitely going to have a good uh, Saturday card. I might even go to the Louisville Thoroughbred Society here in Louisville. Uh, they just opened this week, and uh, I joined, and so I hope to spend some time up there and maybe put a couple of tickets together. There you go. I've heard it's very nice. I need to get up there after uh, here in a few weeks after all the some of the madness, but I, I have heard uh, really, really good things. Yeah, me too. Oh, uh, right. we, spent, we spent a night up there for uh, the Breeders' Cup. Nice. So it was a lot of fun. All right, Gary, before we let you go, uh, any any uh, advice on the uh, NCAA tournament this weekend? Anything <laughs> you like? Guys, I'll be honest. I, I've been a bad sports fan this year. I've totally <laughs> lost interest. Uh, I don't think I, I'm a UofL grad. And I don't know if I've watched a single UofL game. I used to be a diehard fan. I just have lost uh, lost interest. I understand. Okay. Well, we'll we'll leave it at that. Uh, like I said, Gary, uh, uh, safe safe travel to to New Orleans this weekend, and hopefully we'll cross paths soon. And we thank yeah. you thank you so much for joining us on the uh, on the podcast this evening. No problem. Thanks for having me. Good luck this weekend. See you, All Gary. Right. See you.
Okay, that was Gary Palmasano, everybody. And uh, Alan, uh, we lost you there for a minute, pal. Are you back? Oh, yeah. The internet in this house is amazing. I pay quite a bit for this house, but I, I guess I need to pay a little bit more for the internet. But I am glad to be back with you guys. All right. Well, we didn't didn't get your opinion on the Louisiana Derby. Uh, who who did you uh, ultimately land on? Well, it, once I tell you this, you'll probably wish my internet went out again because after I, after I pick this horse, I'm probably going to get kicked off the podcast. But I'm going to take a flyer at about 20 or 30 to 1, knowing full well how this is going to turn out. But I'm going to take right and just uh, Colby Hernandez and Shane Wilson. <laughs> Hear me out. I know Mandaloon and Proxy and, and Hot Rod Charlie are likely much better horses, but this horse gunned it from the far outside last time out of the gate in the Risen Star and kind of got pressured the whole way around. It's his first try against winners, and this race is loaded with stalkers. I have a feeling from the two-hole, he's gonna he should get a clear lead, and all these stalkers perhaps may fight for position with each other. Maybe they forget about right and just and just let him – saunter on the lead and maybe at a mile and three sixteenths he just gallops uh, i'm gonna have him on any pick four ticket i have but again uh i'm gonna go for a real flyer here at the right and just and realize that it might be a bit of a stretch but anyway that's what you guys missed out on when i lost my internet <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad I muted you earlier. <laughs> I don't blame you. <laughs> All right. Well, before we hang up, uh, Brandon, any any final thoughts? Uh, <laughs> Brad Cox. Uh, under, I still think he's going to be four wins on Saturday's card. With the most respect, but man, he's got a lot of shooters, and I and I wish him and the the barn connections uh, the very best. Maybe they get six wins. Let's see what happens. I mean, this is. This is his time to shine. It's he shined before down there, won this thing a few other times. So let's see what happens. All right, just, go ahead. I just Alan. want to say uh, thank Michelle Lavelle and I did it again, Lavelle, Michelle Lovell and Gary Palmasano for stopping by. We we love having both of those guys on, and we'll, we're going to have them on again in the future, folks. We're going to warn you now because uh, they're great. Yeah, that's a hundred percent correct. So we'll wrap it up here. Uh, on behalf of Alan and Brandon and, of course, Gary and, and Michelle, uh, two weeks to Keeneland. Can't wait. The weather's getting better in Kentucky, and we're going to have a whole lot more to talk about soon. In the meantime, for all those listening at home, you know, on Mars, on the moon, <laughs> across the globe, wherever you have a smartphone, just remember the gambling money ain't got no home. <laughs>